Hello, everybody. Um, welcome back to our podcast. Today, uh, in this episode, I'm going to spend pretty much the whole episode talking about the blue hole and diving the blue hole safely. The blue hole I'm talking about, there are several in the world. Uh, I'm talking about Egypt's blue hole or the blue hole near Dahab. Um, so if you're going to do some research, that's the one I'm talking about. It is known to be the deadliest um, diving site in the world. There are uh, a number of fatalities. Nobody kind of seems to agree on the exact number. Anywhere between 130 uh, in the last 15 years to, you know, over 200. Again, nobody knows exactly. But it ranges between 130 and 200, which is big enough, right? Regardless if it is uh, 150, it's, you know, just the fact that it's at least 130. According to most estimates, it's already um, alarming. So what is the blue hole? Okay. It's a, um, and again, you can do your own research, but it is a submarine sinkhole, right? It's this cave that um, after the, sort of the ice age, when the Red Sea um, water levels rose, it kind of collapsed on top and it created this very nice structure it's a, you know, from the top. It looks like this blue hole um, with a very um, sort of shallow opening, about six meters, you know, 20 feet deep. Uh, and you can get in there, right? Um, there's this long tunnel um, in the bottom known as the, as the arch, but it's quite deep. Um, you know, uh, the depth is around 180 feet, 50, 55 meters, um, which it puts it way beyond, um, you know, uh, air diving, right? Or um, uh, if you're not, you know, doing some technical diving with the proper equipment, you cannot dive as deep as 55 meters, as I expect everybody who would go there uh, and most people who are listening um, to know that. Remember the first two episodes I talked about the sort of the, the more particular aspects of scuba diving that actually requires you to have certifications, right? At least an open water certification, um, which is differently than, uh, you know, mountaineering and some other activities. So uh, it requires technical diving and this, the arch is, um, which is the, the one that is at the depth of 55 meters, 180 feet, is the cause, in theory, of most fatalities. So there are two interesting stories about why it's such a deadly uh, place. The first one is the more exciting one, which is a local legend that tells the story of this, um, this girl, and she was promised to uh, marry, uh, you know, uh, um, another guy there in the village, in Dahab, um, by her father, and but she didn't want to, and she just threw herself in the blue hole, and she drowned. Um, she was young, and, you know, probably early 20s, maybe, or even younger, and it was many, many, you know, years ago, hundreds of years ago, and the legend, uh, you know, goes like this. Uh, today, she still is in the bottom, and she attracts, right, the divers um, to come see her. And when they go too deep, they die, right? They never come back. Um, 
the 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 legend kind of correlates with the vast majority of the the people who actually die in the blue hole because well to some extent not surprisingly right they are male you know in their 20s or or 30s um right there there are the you know the vast majority of the people who die there so um that is one story um you know i like to believe that was the, the real reason because when I when I dived there, I was forty eight, um, so she was not definitely not interested in me, so I had no risk. Right? The other explanation, uh, probably uh, slightly more plausible, is that um, you do uh, have the impression that the arch, which is beautiful, if you look at it from the top, right, you see the light coming through it, and you think you can reach it. So if you're not a very experienced diver and you don't know the true um, you know, depth and what the arch looks like, you tend to say, yeah, it's doable, I'm gonna reach it there and you know and go through it and come out, come out on the other side. Reality is very different, right? We're talking about a 55 meter depth um, at the very top of it, right? That's the ceiling. So it's even deeper because the whole blue hole, uh, hole hole's depth is about 120 meters or nearly 400 feet. So what happens is you get narked, right? You have again, without getting too specific on the on the physiology, you know, phys physiology. Oh boy, sorry, that's my Brazilian accent kicking in. Um, in physiology of diving, what happens to our bodies when we're breathing compressed air? Um, right, when you get narked, you have a lot of nitrogen in your system, in your body, and you don't make good decisions. To keep it very simple. Um, so as you think you're reaching that arch, and you might, right, your ability to make decisions will deteriorate very quickly. And once you even, if, assuming you get there and you have enough air to get there, the problem is not just getting, you know, through it and coming out on the other side. It's actually very long. So by the time you, you go through it or you enter the arch, even at the you know, the, the highest part, which is at already at 55 meters, you have a problem. You cannot just swim through it, right? And then you have to go back. And by the time you go back, you run out of air. So um, the arch, again, is the main enemy, apparently, um, in, in most uh, vets. But there, there are other cases too, right? Uh, there is the most, I think, famous one is the death of uh, this diver, was an, was an instructor, uh, Yuri Lipsky. Um, because unfortunately he he died of course and he recorded right his death so I don't recommend anybody to watch it but it's available on the web um, you know his body was recovered by one of the local divers there um, because his mother asked him to do so and with him came the GoPro uh, that recorded the whole the whole incident and apparently he was not going through the arch when that happened so um, again, it is a dangerous place, statistically speaking, but you can do it safely. This is what I'm going to talk about. So enough bad news. Let's talk about sort of what it takes to do it safely. So first of all, you need to find a shop. Right? I'm, gonna, I'm not going to recommend a specific shop. There are many dive shops in Dahab um, that, uh, of course, all of them dive the Blue Hole, but they also dive, you know, the Red Sea. Uh, not necessarily the Blue Hole. There are beautiful diving spots um, near that area. But 
be very selective in terms of which dive center you choose to do the Blue Hole dive with you. Again, if you uh, DM me, um, and again, I've given my Instagram before, it's on the, it should be on the podcast uh, link. It's, it's Leandro Dalamio, right? You can look me up uh, on Instagram, DM me. I can tell you exactly which dive shop I used and which ones I, I talked to. I spoke with quite a few before making my decision. I can tell you it was the best dive shop that I've ever dived with, including the ones in the US. I was amazed by their um, professionalism, their equipment, their knowledge of the diving sites. It was really, really amazing. So that's the first step. Select the right dive center, the right guide to go with you uh, in the blue hole. Don't go alone, of course, never dive alone. But it's even more important in this case. Um, the currents uh, are not strong, right? Visibility is great. But again, don't forget, it is the deadliest place to dive on Earth. So that's the first step. After you've done that, and again, I can give you some direct tips if you want to. I just don't want to be super public on the podcast about it. Um, the next step is getting there. <laughs> and it is, uh, there are two ways of getting there. Right? You can come from the north, meaning... Um, you can go through Israel uh, and you cross Israel into Egypt uh, in the Taba border and then you need to find a car and there are many taxis by the way in Taba right at the border with Israel that uh, will drive you there for about you know it's in about an hour drive um, to Dahab and you can stay in Dahab I strongly recommend you stay there the the dives are um, deep you want to rest a little bit before and definitely afterwards you don't want to catch a flight after that um you know for at least 24 hours or so depending on on the kind of dives you're going to do so you can come from the north through israel um that's one way um it will require some logistical uh planning because if you're coming from the north that means you need to fly to tel aviv catch another flight preferably you can take a bus or drive to this town in the southern most part of Israel called Elat. And then from Elat, you need to cross, you need to walk really, uh, and cross the border into Egypt, which is perfectly doable. During COVID, it was a little bit more complicated, but um, it's, uh, it's straightforward, and then you get a car. Um, the other way of doing it, uh, and, I've, and I've done it both ways, is coming via Cairo in Egypt. So you fly to Cairo, from Cairo, you take another flight to this um, resort town, very known, nice airport, anyway, called Sharm El Sheikh. Um, also has very great places to dive um, and nice resorts. So you fly from Cairo, Sharm El Sheikh. Sharm El Sheikh, you can get a car uh, all the way to Dahab. And it's, again, about 45 minutes to an hour drive. I recommend you ask the hotel that you're staying in Dahab to arrange the car. And the reason is there will be many um, security checks along the way, three or four if you're coming from the south, from Sharm El Sheikh, and about three or four as well if you're coming from Taba, right? And um, it helps greatly. I don't speak, um, you know, um, Arab, 
and um, and I could not understand what was going on, but I was stopped. My car was stopped in every checkpoint. Um, and they were kind of asking questions, what I was doing, where I was going, you know, which nationality I was. And, and in that case, by the way, I used my Brazilian nationality, not my American nationality or my Italian nationality. I happen to have three um, because, you know, I just thought it was going to be easier. Um, but yeah, I think it's important, you know, because you can pay in advance. You don't have to worry about the car that you're going to get at the... Uh, at the airport in Sharm El Sheikh or at the border in Taba, depending where how you decide to approach Dahab. So keep that in mind. Again, it's relatively easy if you do this via the hotel. And I think they have sort of the, the free passage and no questions asked policy in those checkpoints. Um, the Sinai Peninsula in that area is not, um, it's not an area that is kind of, a, I'm going to quote this, supported by sort of, uh, the, you know, Homeland Security U.S. Uh, uh, will pretty much uh, not provide you uh, with any um, foreign assistance, let's put it this way, if something happens. So it's important that uh, that you get the right hotel and, and they have the right connections and things. It was, um, you know, it was, I had no problems going in and getting out. Once you get there, Again, you can, of course, then go straight to your dive shop and get ready. Now, the dive itself, there are several ways you can do it. Okay. What I did was a dive that started um, in this um, canyon. Right? It's called uh, Bells. Um, and the reason is because it's kind of, kind of narrow and you hear the tank hit the walls, right? therefore the bells. Um, but you come in that way um, to about 28, 30 meters deep. And then you come out and you enter the blue hole from the outside. I strongly recommend doing that versus just diving the blue hole itself, which you can. You can go in. Again, as I said, the saddle, this part, uh, you know, the, the outside the blue hole itself is very shallow. You can do a, a short dive from there and, and dive only the blue hole. There's not much to see there, to be honest. Um, again, it's very deep. Um, and and uh, marine life is okay. What I recommend you do it is you dive, right? And you come from the outside because there's this nice, beautiful wall um, that actually runs a thousand meters, you know, 3,300 3, feet deep. Um, and that's another point of, um, you know, that you need to be aware of because you can lose perception if you're going up or down very easily. I mean, we're talking about a thousand meters. And, um, but if, as you come out from the outside, right, and then you get, and you go up and you get on the blue hole, almost from, really from the outside, the experience of diving alongside that wall in the Red Sea, it was probably, if not, my best diving experience, but definitely top three. And again, I've dived in many places. Amazing uh, life, uh, you know, uh, uh, all the way along the wall. The fish was just amazing. Um, I posted some pictures, of course, of the dive on my, on my Instagram account. You can take a look. You see, it's just mind-blowing. Plus, you have the feeling when you look down and it's 
you can see anything because we're talking about a thousand meters deep. Um, you have truly the feeling that you're you're flying and you're, you're like out of space. And then as you go in, right, you keep going up, up, up gradually. And then you get into the blue hole and you dive around it so you can explore it a little bit. Um, again, a couple of things, right? One, that wall, amazing, but you need to keep an eye on your buddy, on your guide in that case, right? Because and keep an eye on your computer. It's very easy to either ascend without noticing or worse, descend without noticing you are because you have very little reference just looking at the wall. If you look at the other side, you see nothing. So computer is super important when you when you approaching it. Um, two, once you get to the blue hole, also keep an eye on your guide at all times. Right? Not only it's very likely that they're gonna maintain their um, their depth, but uh, you also guarantee that even though the blue hole is not that big, that you are going the right direction. Right? You can go up and down that way, and you have you have everything under control. Um, those are sort of the, the main things in addition to, of course, what I mentioned in episode one and two, which is equipment, right? Procedures. And of course, the dive shop and the guide that you pick. Uh, one other um, interesting fact is my dive shop in Dahab, they, when I said, okay, I'm here and they knew about it. I'm, I'm here to dive the blue hole. They said, yeah, that's great. I said, I'm a dive master. I have, you know, hundreds of dives and I show my log and they said, that's great. That's amazing. Good for you. We are going to dive with you before in another spot. Uh, very interesting, by the way, we saw a huge turtle, um, but we're going to test you. We're going to, we're going to assess your diving. I know you have all these nice credentials, but in, to some extent they were telling me, we don't care. If you dive the blue hole with us, you're going to prove them, right? So they did this assessment. It was a great dive, um, you know, for about 45 minutes, uh, you know, in terms of depth, in terms of ability to control my buoyancy uh, and knowing, you know, sort of situation awareness, everything. They were assessing me before they actually took me in the afternoon to the, to the blue hole. So again, super important if you find a, a guide that is doing that, um, not just because they want the extra money for the extra dive, but uh, they were actually assessing me and making sure that uh, I was for real, right? Because they don't want to have the liability or the reputation of having, a, you know, somebody died in, uh, in the dive at the Blue Hole. So those are sort of the, the key things. Keep that in mind, the way you approach the Blue Hole, as I said. Uh, you know, the caveats when you are there, I mean, there are tricks to this dive to make it uh, safely, um, right? Watching your computer currents um, typically can be stronger on the outside. They're almost known in the inside of the blue hole, but visibility can be tricky at some times and can play, you know, tricks on you thinking that, you know, that arch is closer than it actually is. Now, if you are older than 39, I'm kidding, of course, then you don't have to worry about the lady in the bottom attracting you guys because apparently she's not interested in anybody older than you know um, 40 years or, or older um, but if you don't believe that you know do your homework um, there are a couple of um, YouTube videos of other people successfully diving uh, you know some very good uh, divers you can also I also strongly recommend you guys watch that 
ping me if you want more details about my specific guide and in, in, in dive center there. Happy to, to provide you the name and the context and everything. Uh, the guys were really amazing. Other than that, again, I strongly recommend you do it. I did it, honestly, right? Just because it was the deadliest place on earth. Okay, I'll be fully transparent. That was the main reason I wanted to do it. And I did all the logistics to, you know, get from the U.S., you know, all the way to the hub. And then you get, a, you know, about a 30-minute drive to the Bluho itself. So I did it because I wanted to cross that off my list. In the end, it was even better than I expected because it was such a beautiful dive. Uh, and the marine life is just amazing. And the Red Sea is one of the last places on our earth that is still worth, uh, you know, every dive, I think. You know, unfortunately, even the Red Sea is now suffering the consequences of global warming and everything we've been doing to the environment. So strongly recommend you guys do it. Do it safely and have a lot of fun. Talk to you guys later.